Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. And this week, breaking down the Broncos as usual as they head into their Week 11 home showdown against the surging Miami Dolphins. We'll be talking Drew Locke's status amid his rib injury he suffered against Las Vegas in the blowout loss last Sunday. Talking Brett Rippon if he needs to step up. And then also some other names on the Broncos offense. Philip Lindsay, KJ Hamler, and Noah Fant. What to make of their respective games lately. And of course, we'll close the show with a look at the Dolphins and keys to victory for the Broncos. So starting off here on the First and Orange podcast, sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Again, the best price on the Broncos point spread anywhere. Head to sportsbetting.com slash post for a new player offer for a 100% risk-free week of betting up to $1,000. Ryan, the main subject all week, and it has been since Monday when we found out basically the extent of Drew Locke's rib injury from Vic Fangio. But will Drew Locke play? He's already missed a couple games due to the shoulder this year. Of course, he missed all those games last year due to the thumb. Is this is he going to play, or will uh, Broncos country be looking to Brett Rippon? Even we don't know, right? Well, as we record this at 4.40 Mountain Time on Thursday, you know, Locke sat out Wednesday, was limited Thursday, uh, I, mean, I think he's trending in the right way. And I think if you're the Broncos coaches, you're thinking, okay, Locke has been struggling 10 interceptions in the last month, but does he give you a better chance to win than Brett Rippon? Uh, they probably will say yes. My lean is that they're going to start Locke if he if he has a good day on Friday, and then you have all of Saturday to rehab. So that that's my lean right now. But at least if they have to turn to Rippon either as the starter or in game, at least he has, you know, a foundation of experience from that Jet game back in week uh, week four. Yeah, nineteen of thirty-one for two touchdowns and three interceptions. Let's recall he almost gave the game away back to the Jets after the Broncos were up big and then engineered a game-winning drive for uh, for the field goal. And then of course they got the late touchdown too. So an up and down performance, as was to be expected in his first NFL start after making his NFL debut the week before in the fourth quarter against Tampa Bay. But even he looked pretty good there, Ryan, on his first NFL series, starting eight of eight before throwing that. Uh, pick at the end as he was trying to force it downfield so at least the Broncos have that to fall back on but like you said I think they're hopeful Drew Locke will be ready to play now the question becomes if he's if he's on the fence do you just sit him considering his recent struggles and the fact that you're obviously not in playoff contention at this point well I think I I, the three and six record dictates that you do play him if he's clear medically Uh, you know the last seven games for this Bronco team should be all about discovery who can they who can they count on in 2021 when they report to camp next July? And that includes the quarterback. And see if he can play himself through it, see if he can handle adversity, see if he can improve, see what he's made of. You think he has the you think he has the mindset to do it. Now let's show it. Has it faced any adversity like this in the NFL since being drafted last year? So um, you know, things aren't going his way. I think the best the best course for the Broncos, if he's healthy enough to play is that he should he should start. Again, folks, this is the First Orange Podcast. Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Show sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at WeSportsBetting. And again, sportsbetting.com slash post for a new player offer 
100% risk-free week of betting up to $1,000. So moving along with the show here, heading into week 11, one of the other big storylines is really what didn't happen in week 10, and that was Philip Lindsay getting involved in the game plan. He had four rushes for two yards. He was targeted once and didn't catch that. And he's just really kind of disappeared. He's kind of in witness protection program here these last couple weeks, especially look at the Atlanta game. He had eight rushes for 23 yards, so couldn't get going there either. And Ryan, Pat Shermer, we talked to him via Zoom today, and there was a question, hey, do you need to get Lindsey more involved? Do you need to even force him some carries? And it was kind of funny because I think it was a mistake or a slow reaction by Shermer. And he said, Philip Lindsay, like to the question, he, he wasn't quite sure. It was almost like he wasn't quite sure who Philip Lindsay was, which would comically make sense considering his limited role lately. But Ryan, what do you make of it? And do the Broncos need to get him more involved here against the Dolphins? Well, you know, I'll defend the coaching staff on this one. You know, with, with, with Philip is right now he is a first and second down running back. Emphasis on running. When you fall behind by three touchdowns in three straight weeks, that is going to limit his usage. Right, and uh, Shermer they, indicated they, that too. Yeah, and they trust Melvin Gordon more on third down. I think they would even trust Royce Freeman more on third down to pick up the protections, to catch the ball in the backfield, to do those kind of things. So those are the circumstances that have prevented Lindsey from having the impact. But you have to look at the big picture. He didn't do a lot on those carries. So maybe they felt like it wasn't his day, and they went with Gordon, who was doing some good stuff in the run game against Vegas. But the key point is don't fall behind by 21 points. You saw the New England game. You, the Broncos led for most of the way, and they were able to use Phil Lindsay. Um, so that's you know, with, if you're winning, you're still going to go to your receivers and your tight ends. If you're losing, the running backs get forgotten. That's just the way it is. When you fall behind, you go into pass mode. If the Broncos are in the game against Miami, that will lead more to Philip Lindsay. I mean, sometimes the Denver media mafia can't see the forest from the trees, but that's the reason why he hasn't been used as much. And the Broncos definitely can't be starting slow against the Dolphins, who have the best first-half point differential in the NFL. And Denver, meanwhile, has sucked in that regard. And, Ryan, you mentioned the New England game when Phillip went off for 101 on 23 rushes, and much much was made about the stat that the Broncos are 6-0 in Phillip Lindsay's career when he rushes for 100 or more yards. Is that coincidence, or is that maybe an indication that they need to get him involved more? And obviously, not falling behind is, is a big part of it, as they've done over the last few weeks. Yeah, and to me, that you know, to go back to the main point is – if this team is competitive in the first three quarters, Philip Lindsay can get more work. Uh, and, and then he'll try to move to 7-0 with 100-yard rushing games. But, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon is here. They like him a lot better in some situations. You know, every time they go two-minute, which they have been, they've been forced to do lately, is that's Melvin Gordon's, you know, wheelhouse. And, you know, Philip Lindsay got beat for the sack against the Falcons. It didn't look like he picked up the right guy one time against the Raiders. You know, if it feels like we're piling on here, this is just the reality. We're trying to explain why the, the snap distribution has been so so much in favor of Gordon recently. First in Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. This is Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran talking Broncos Dolphins ahead of week 11. Broncos a three and a half point underdog to the Dolphins at home per sportsbetting.com. Of course, Miami's won five straight coming in and looking to improve to 7-3 for the first time since 2001. But once again, Ryan, Broncos underdog at their home stadium. Yeah, and this is the first time the 
Dolphins are going to be favored in Denver since 1985. That's 35 years. Granted, they haven't played here a lot, but that was back when John Elway was a player. And so, you know, so we're, I think we're going to have a lot of these new standards set. But, you know, Dolphins, their offenses, offenses statistics are terrible, but they're playing good defense and they're finding ways to win. You know, during this winning streak, they've won by, you know, they won two blowout games in the last three weeks. They won by 11, 3, and 8. So they're finding ways to win close, and they're finding ways to pull away from teams. Brian Flores, probably a year ahead of schedule, but at uh, at 6-3, and three, Dolphins got to be feeling pretty good about themselves. And also, per our friends at sportsbetting.com, they've got some odds right now up on who's going to win the rest of the divisions outside the AFC West, which obviously is pretty obvious. Those Chiefs seem to be running away, although perhaps the Raiders could make it interesting if they beat them in their second matchup this season. But they got the Colts, Steelers, and Bills, all the current odds-on favorites to win their respective divisions, Ryan. Obviously, Steelers undefeated right now and running away with that one. But what do you think about those other two prognoses on the Colts and the Bills? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I like the Steelers just because they built themselves such a cushion. You know, with Baltimore, you know, struggling offense. AFC South is interesting. I think they're going based on the Colts winning at Tennessee last week. They have a rematch in Indianapolis this uh, next week, but tough one for the Colts coming up. They host Green Bay. Tennessee plays at Baltimore. Uh, I, I would probably still have my lean toward the Titans because they can run it so well with Derrick Henry. But again, that's circumstances. The, t- the Titans have to be in the lead to utilize Henry. Uh, with the Bills, I guess I make them an odds-on favorite, but you know, if the Dolphins can find a way to win this week, they'll be seven and three. And uh, I think I think uh, the Dolphins may be surging ahead of Buffalo, and you can't count out New England. They've won a couple in a row. They're back to four and five. So overall, I like the Steelers. Uh, you know, to roll in the North, but I, the, the South and the East are still wide open. First and Orange podcast sponsored by SportsBetting.com, the best price on the Broncos point spread anywhere. This is Kyle Newman. Joined by Ryan O'Halloran and back to some football talk here. Now, we mentioned Philip Lindsay seemingly, re- seemingly regressing here these past couple weeks as he's not been getting the, the carries, the touches. Well, rookie KJ Hamler has emerged, meanwhile, on the other side of the coin. And of course, he was slowed in training camp by, by a hamstring injury, held out in New England due to another hamstring tweak in the same leg. But he's coming on strong, Ryan, and he, alongside Jerry Judy, really emerging as a potent rookie wideout threat threat, especially when you consider Tim Patrick and the pretty solid job he's doing in place of Cortland Sutton, who went down in week two with a season-ending knee injury. Yeah, I like the way they're using Hamler. Uh, yeah, they're putting they're putting him in motion on the jet sweeps. Defenses are having to account for that. Uh, they're they're you know, trying to stretch the field with him a little bit. What would concern me about KJ is that he's taking some big hits. Yes, he and, has. You know, little guys have taken big hits. If he gets going, he's tough to catch. But um, it, it's going to be you know, interesting to follow the last games of the season, what they add to his plate, what they feel comfortable uh, running with him. Uh, you're right about KJ in Sunday's Denver Post. Uh, you know, in, in your discussions with him and the people around him, how does he feel about his rookie year today? You know, he's feeling pretty good about it, Ryan. And he said he's eyeing the all-rookie team as his goal for, you know, finishing out the second half strong and get, gaining some individual accolades. But... You mentioned his role is 
has upticked the last couple weeks and it's shown in the targets. He's gotten 10 targets each of the last couple games after getting three targets apiece the games before that. So they're getting him more involved in the game plan. And it's interesting to see the respect he's garnered around the Broncos locker room, Ryan, in terms of his toughness, in terms of playing bigger than his size and his willingness to, you know, not just be the speedster. Tim Patrick mentioned him doing the dirty work, going across the middle and, and getting some balls while getting lit up, doing the blocking. So, as you mentioned, maybe you want to scale that back a little bit, make sure he stays healthy and on the field, but he's certainly not a guy who's afraid to stick his nose in there, even at you know 5'9 and 180, 190, whatever he's listed at. Yeah, I mean, I would go, if I'm Pat Shermer, I go into every game saying, I want to take one shot downfield to KJ Hamler per quarter. Circumstances may change that in terms of where you have the ball and how much you have the ball, but... Uh, I want I want him going down the sidelines, not the middle. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy works well on the underneath stuff and the long stuff. So, if I if I'm the Broncos, you know, I would try and be aggressive against Miami, test those corners, and see if you can get a lead and then some needed comp- needed confidence. First and Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at we sports betting. And we're talking Broncos offensive playmakers here. And another one is Noah Fant. And of course, he's been limited this week in practice due to a rib injury. And he's been pretty banged up all season, a couple of different ankle injuries at times. So Broncos not quite getting, I think, maybe exactly what they wanted out of him on paper, at least in terms of the TD catches. He just got two and in terms of uh, receptions and yardage, but what do you think, Ryan? I mean, he's a lot's been made about Noah this, this week and the, the coaching staff fielded quite a bit, a few questions on him. Vic Fangio says he likes the progression from year one to year two. I feel like there, there's maybe a little more left to be desired there from Noah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he leads the team in catches. He's third in the team in yards. He's third in the team of touchdowns. He said, only got six catches of at least 16 yards or more. You know, I thought he'd be more of a home run hitter this year. Maybe the ankles impacted him that way. But um, it, it just feels like they're trying to figure out still how to use him. Right. I, I'm, a, I'm against throwing the Noah Fant when he's standing still. That means screens. That means you know out routes or quick slants, something where he's moving slowly. He needs to be moving north getting the ball because he does his best work when he gets in the fourth gear, but he is a big, big guy. It takes him a while to get up to top speed. So, uh, you know, so uh, I've been underwhelmed. Uh, I think Vic had said the right things on Thursday when he was asked about Fant, but uh, I, uh, we'll, we'll see how Noah progresses here in the next seven games because there's really nobody else at tight end. Right. Vic is more of a blocker. Albert O is hurt. Jake Butts on IR. Uh, and Albert O was going to take some touches around for Noah Fant. That was going to be for darn sure because he was, Albert O was running in the form as a receiver. So if you're a fan, take advantage of the fact there's no depth and start making more of your chances. And in fairness to Noah Fant, I know I gave him some critique there too, but I also say, you know, for those who are already calling a bust or whatever after being drafted in the first round 20th overall last year I think that's way premature especially considering like you said Ryan I think Shermer and co Locke still figuring out how to use and mesh with fan and really get the most out of him to bring him up into that elite category of tight ends again first in orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran and to close the show we'll take a look at these Dolphins and Tua and five straight wins 
I mean, this is not the Dolphins team we expected this year. I think most pundits would agree with that. But all of a sudden, coming in as a favorite at Empower Field and on the on the call with Denver Media, Coach Brian Flores from the Dolphins said, hey, we're not going to look past the Broncos. And you would think it was the other way around if I would have guessed at the beginning of the season. But no, the Dolphins plan for a chance to get atop their division and Broncos uh, need to limit them and they need to be good on special teams because the Dolphins have been pretty good there while the Broncos not so good outside of Brandon McManus and Sam Martin. Yeah, special teams should be a big edge for the Dolphins. You look at Miami, is you know if they can beat the Broncos, their next two games are at the Jets and home against Cincinnati. They should be nine and three if they take care of business on Sunday. So you mentioned two or three and as a starter. What stands out? Sixty-three point six percentage on completions, five touchdowns, interceptions. So he's taking care of the football. Chan Gailey's calling a lot of short stuff for what his receivers do things after the catch. And really, when they made this move, you always thought, okay, they're gonna. It just looked, it looked like they're gonna make it at the bye whenever they're buying those, even if Fitzpatrick was playing well. So they went to Tua, and really, what they're doing on defense right now is they're creating takeaways, and they're sending a lot of people at the quarterback, and that's going to be the challenge for the Broncos, who have a penchant for allowing un- unblocked rushers hit the quarterback. That's got to end. This Sunday, because if it's locked, he's already nicked up. He can't afford to be taking more shots from the blind side with no resistance. So, um, yeah, I like the Dolphins in this game. And, uh, you know, the Broncos don't inspire a lot of confidence to think they're going to beat anybody right now. So I think the Dolphins win. And how about you? Yeah, I got the Dolphins by two scores, maybe nine points, ten points. Uh, but I, I agree. I just it's hard for me to pick the Broncos the way they've played the last couple weeks. Also, you know, you mentioned Tua coming off that serious hip injury that ended his college career. Now he's been thrust into an NFL starting role, gone three and zero, trying to go four and zero to become the first rookie QB to do that since Ben Roethlisberger did it with the Steelers. So they've got a lot of momentum and wind at their back. Meanwhile, it seems like the wind has been in the Broncos' face just about all season, Ryan. Yeah, and here's the thing about the Broncos. You can't lean on their defense right now. They don't create takeaways. Their pass rush has been non-existent. They can't stop the run because they've been decimated up front. No Shelby Harris again this week. So it's not like Vic Fangio can go in with a play field position, create a couple takeaways, give our offense a short field, and win win a tractor pull 17-14. It's not going to happen. Their defense isn't good enough right now to do that. Folks, thanks for listening to the Denver Post First and Orange podcast sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Best price on the Broncos point spread anywhere at We Sports Betting on Twitter and sportsbetting.com for all the point spreads on NFL and beyond. This is Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team. And until next time, folks, take it easy. <laughs>